it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, we have a finalized roster. Islanders are going to play a game on Thursday that counts. Uh, we got some new uh, broadcast partners and uh, actually a bunch of games have already been played. So what are we talking about? Hockey is upon us and uh, it's time to get officially hyped for the next uh, next season. Yeah. Definitely uh, excited and scared and all everything you feel in the beginning of the season. Um, we'll talk a lot about the Islanders' expectations because this is definitely a different, um, you know, well, first, everyone has a blank slate, but usually when you, you, you hear that cliche and you're an Islander fan, like that was always associated with, yep, everyone's got a, you know, a blank slate, but uh, this is not going to go well by, by Thanksgiving. I'm sure that I'll, uh, we'll be out of it. And, uh, but now it's, you know, the expectations are just so different. Um, not just here, obviously, and around the rest, how the rest of the world perceives us. And a lot of it, I guess, is with what, how they kind of did just finalize the roster, which was with, uh, these, these, these kind of, I don't want to call them shrewd, but like the paper moves that Lou was making is, uh, he was, he's playing, you know, checkers and everyone else is playing chess or whatever. And (laughs) I was, I was just, cracking up thinking about the calling like the NHL league office and Lou just being like, all right. Uh, so here's what we're doing today. We got <laughs> this guy, Jacob Skarik. Who? who? Yeah. Just don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just, he's going to be on the team right now and then tomorrow. Mm. But it's like those kind of, that kind of stuff that like, just to, to get so close to the cap so mm. they can use, they can maximize Johnny Boychuk's long-term injury reserve and whatever, like those kind of things, those little attention to detail kind of things, uh, 
that's what uh you know in a league where there's the margins are so thin those those things really do kind of count more than you notice until you're the one that are doing you're the team that's doing them so yeah yeah another another cliche is um you know, timing is everything. And that's the way this works because it's the way the salary cap is, you know, things change every single day. And and like you said, you, they want to maximize that long-term injured reserve time. And everybody does this kind of stuff. So it's about putting Johnny Boychuk on in long-term injured reserve at the very last moment and moving stuff around uh, in his availability today. He, he Lou got asked uh, by Arthur Staple uh, about the dance, so to speak, of putting these guys, uh, you know, uh, here and then and putting them on waivers and then dro- sending them to Bridgeport and then signing them contracts. So today, um, the Islanders finally signed Kiefer Bellows and Corey Schneider to contracts. They hadn't been on contracts this whole time. I'm pretty sure they were the last two. I think Michael Dow Cole signed, uh, I believe, yesterday because he was on waivers on Monday. Um, Matt Martin and uh, Simeon Varlamov are technically on IR. Um, and in Martin's case, it might be a little bit. So when he comes off IR, which I mean, might as well be after, you know, before you even listen to this on Thursday, uh, Leo Komarov probably most likely to go on waivers, maybe somebody else. And as we've talked about ad nauseum for weeks now, the Islanders have a big, long road trip to start this season. So, you know, they're going to bring multiple people. Lou said they're down to 25 now. Uh, and so, yeah, look for a second, like Jacob Scarrick was going to be the third goalie, but he was never going to be the third goalie. He's down <laughs> at Bridgeport now. Thomas Hickey is down at Bridgeport. Corey Schneider is the third goalie, probably going to back up Elias Sorokin on Thursday. Um, and, uh, uh, again, Dal Cole is down in Bridgeport now too. So, uh, and Robin Sallow, I believe is as well, but Sebastian Ajo is with the Islanders right now. So, which is exciting. So we have a finalized roster and, and it's about, there's not a whole lot of surprises, I guess, particularly on the guys that are going to play. Um, but uh, but it is it is cool to look at that roster and be like, yep, this is the guys. And Lou said in his thing, this is the deepest team we've ever had here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't disagree. <laughs> it's hard to disagree uh, when you look at the lineup. And uh, they are apparently the oldest team in the, the NHL this year. Uh, so which, again, shouldn't be a surprise. But uh, yeah, so, you know, now you can look at it and be like, these are the guys. That we're going with. <laughs> the, I, I really enjoyed the the time that Kiefer Bellows spent in in purgatory, where he wasn't mm. on the team, but also wasn't a free agent. Like, yeah. I don't know how that worked, but mm. he he uh, him and him and Corey Schneider were in this weird uh, purgatory, uh, and but all it all I guess ended up going according to their plan. I I really wonder if you had asked before training camp, like when you saw the training camp roster with guys like Eric Gustafson and mm. when they signed like Paula Du and whatever, if you would ask me like who who on this list like is going to be here or not. Um I guess it was kind of obvious who it would be. I think the the only ones that were kind of up for grabs maybe would be would it be Dal Cole as the extra extra forward or would it be uh bellows or whatever and uh but other than that it seems it seemed pretty status quo it's just the way that they got here right was uh had to do with a, a lot of paper moves and stuff and it was it really was interesting i feel bad for guys uh you know for the beat writers trying to figure it out <laughs> and for like cap friendly and stuff but yeah uh it seemed it seemed that this was the plan all kind of all along and i guess that Garrett Gustafson, I don't know if he was he, he the shack lose shackles were removed when he signed with 
another team. So he could kind of be blunt and say what happened. And he said that he had a good camp and they just couldn't sign him because of cap space. Uh, so, you know, maybe that he was, they were trying to shed s- s- some uh, salary to get him uh, under the umbrella. But uh, a- aside from that, I think this was probably the group uh, that was always going to be the, 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 the 23 or 25 man roster. Cause Lou's, Lou's allowed to have a 25 man roster. <laughs> I like how he answered that question too. He's like, yep, we got 25 people here. Mm. Not gonna, I, I'll explain to you why, but you know, just, mm. just, a, just a little, little wrinkle. But uh, yeah, I think, I guess this would probably be the roster that, that they were planning on bringing all along. And mm. um, it feels like guys uh, like uh, not really Parisi as much because he, his, his signing got overshadowed by Chara, but, it already feels like Zidane Ochara has been here forever because uh, <laughs> the way he, you know, he, he's done a little, he's the only Islander allowed to do media hits outside yeah. of, outside of the organization. Uh, Cause he's, you know, he's got loose trust, I guess. Mm. Um, but other than that, I feel like, uh, yeah, the Parisi is like, I'm really so excited. Like the, the shine, the shine hasn't worn off Char at all. Like it, mm. I'm not saying that, but like, I'm, I feel like we just haven't seen, I haven't really been able to, and this partly because I don't really watch preseason games. haven't really watched, uh, and seeing Parisi in action and the, the snippet I did see, I, I got such crazy, um, you know, uh, flashback to Lubovic's Nasi cause he's wearing the 11 mm. and they're the mm. si- they're maybe the same exact size and they skate <laughs> similarly. And I was like, Oh no, is that Lubo out there? Where am I? That's um, funny. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I think he's kind of the guy I'm most excited to, to watch play tomorrow yeah. uh, because of that. Uh, um, before I get to Parisi, I'm glad you brought up Gustafson because I thought it was really funny that the Islanders had him in camp. And, you know, despite, again, signing Chara and having a bunch of other guys already on the lineup, you know, it seemed like a, like a pretty decent gamble to have this guy in the PTO. He's known as sort of a power play guy. And I think most Islanders fans were sort of like, OK, this is an intriguing wrinkle here. I mean, I don't know. Let's see where this goes. And he played a lot in the preseason and, and he looked OK. I mean, he you know, he's active out there. He didn't look like he was kind of you know, struggling to pick up Barry Trotz's uh, system, so to speak, in the few days that he was here. And, you know, as the days went on, it was like, well, I guess they haven't signed him because they got so many guys and they got to get walk through all these hoops and do all this stuff. And eventually, within a span of like five minutes, he's released from the Islanders PTO and he signs with Chicago, <laughs> which is where he started from. And the funniest thing to me is I, I follow a bunch of Blackhawks fans, mostly from the, the blog Faxes from Uncle Dale. And, uh, you know, they have a podcast and stuff. Some of them used to write for Second City uh, Hockey uh, at SB Nation. And their response to the Blackhawks signing Gustafson, Gustafson was like, oh, great. This guy again. Get out of here. Like, come on. Really? This is the guy? <laughs> like, it was it was like a big wet fart noise. Whereas <laughs> Islanders fans were sort of like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. So I just thought it was really funny that, like, yeah, you know, it, it was a funny saga too. And yeah. obviously, the, the that that Islanders Twitter handle Isles Legend was yeah. just great timing putting up the picture of him. And uh, it it I just, it the whole that whole yeah that whole situation is definitely one that <laughs> you know if this show goes on past two seasons from now, three seasons from now, we'll we'll be talking about Eric Gustafson a mm. lot. He's definitely <laughs> someone that we'll be talking about yeah. plenty. Uh, but I, I in um in one way too, I was also kind of pleased that he left just because. You know, we, you and me, everybody mm-hmm. who listens to the show, basically anybody who's attached to the Islanders. Anyway, we all we all love Thomas Hickey, and yeah. I just I'm just happy that he's still kind of around. And I just don't really, I think that there's a pretty good chance that he plays. I mean, I'm not gonna say he's a significant role. Like he's not gonna be playing 60 games this season, mm-hmm. but uh, the fact that he's, it seems like he'll be the uh, next man up to fill 
to backfill for Aho if Aho goes in is this was kind of heartwarming in a in mm. a in a very weird way. It's you're it's uh it's weird that I'm so excited because for the number nine defenseman, like I'm like oh look at Hickey getting the number nine spot on mm. on the team. It's not <laughs> like I'm not trying to pander or anything, but I'm just happy he's still with us and not you know in another yeah. organization because it would it would be sad uh, if whenever that day comes where he does go somewhere else and yeah because uh, you know this, this team is still a contender and it would be nice for him to be someone who who contributes to that. Uh, not unlike he did last year. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. He can share. I mean, I think, I think he, they, they definitely like having him around and I, I feel like he might not really mind that much <laughs> his role, but maybe he does. I don't even know, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a, this crazy idea and I'm probably going to be totally wrong, but I have this crazy idea that you're going to see guys like Aho and Hickey and maybe even Sallow play a little bit this season because I, I i mean again let's let's be honest chara and green they're in great shape but they are on the older side of things um guys get hurt you know things change we'll have to see you know how things operate but i have a feeling we're gonna see thomas hickey the man of a thousand uniform numbers play again for the islanders this year uh at some point but uh but the thing about parisi that that you brought up, i did watch the preseason games and uh, again, I, I thought he looked okay. Um, but my, my worry about him is that, you know, for, for years and years and years, we've tried to, we've wanted the Islanders to not have to play Leo Komarov in big spots. Like, let's just be honest. Like Leo is a guy as valuable as he is inside that locker room. And if you go to the Islanders website, there's a season preview and they kind of go player by player. And, uh, my favorite part was when they got to Leo and they talked about, they basically were just like, look, we know that. He, he irritates you fans, but he's important to the team and mainly because he was sort of the the translator or at least the conduit by which both Atu Ratti uh, and Anatoly Goloshev were able to communicate better with their teammates. One guy from Finland, one guy from Russia, and then there's Leo in the middle kind of, you know, facilitating the communication. The, the Estonian. The Estonian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like he's like C-3PO for the locker room. Like yeah. He's able to speak 7 billion languages and just sort of, you know, interpret. But he's also incredibly irritating. But in any event. Um, I was watching a this, – this, I watch a lot of like YouTube documentaries like mm. I, uh, about like World War One and stuff, and I got I've it just recommended this channel to me a couple of weeks ago called Bald and Beautiful, and uh, it's <laughs> some some guy who travels around by mm. himself to post Soviet states and like goes into like kind of like you know, the dodgier parts of them. And uh, I was watching one last night, and he was in Estonia, mm. and so of course I'm like. There's no way that this is he's he's in like eastern Estonia, right on the Russia border. Like there's mm. a part in the video where you he looks over the river and he's like, That's Russia. There's two fortresses facing each other. He's like, That's an Estonian <laughs> fortress, that's a Russian fortress. They're literally a river apart from each other. Mm. And I'm like, There's no way that this is where Leo's from. And it and it was. It was he's from <laughs> Narva, Estonia. Like wow. I think it's called Narva. Like like right on the Russia border. It's that's... like I'm like, this is of course that this is exactly mm. where he's from. Uh, because it's like influenced by mm. it, Soviet, uh, you know, Russia and also uh, kind of like Eastern Baltic European. So yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like it, this, this place kind of looks like Leo a little bit and has the same <laughs> sense of humor. He was molded in it, born yeah, exactly. by born in and molded by it, you know, whatever the whole thing. But uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was really funny that this, this is the, this is Leo's true function here is uh, to translate between different uh, cultures in the locker room. But, uh, but my, the reason I, I bring up Leo and talking about Parisi is because my, my fear is that if, 
if Parisi doesn't put the puck in the net, <laughs> um, I have a feeling that the, the good vibes that we're kind of getting from his signing still to this day, because I agree with you, I, I'm still excited to see him there. I feel like those can go disappear in a heartbeat. And I don't have like a time frame, like if he has, you know, one goal before Thanksgiving or something like that, it would be bad. But I do feel like, you know, he, he's going to have to, he was brought in to contribute something. And I think that's something, one of those big somethings is offense. Maybe it's on the power play. You know, Leo doesn't play on the power play, that kind of thing. So, I mean, if if he ends up playing on a power play and helping there, then that's fine. Then that, that's okay. He doesn't necessarily score at even strength. But I, I feel like that's that's one one thing that does kind of worry me. And like you said, we'll get to a lot more worries kind of in the <laughs> second half. So that, that's one thing that kind of worries me. And and that brings me to Michael Dalcole who is down in Bridgeport now, did eventually sign, who I, <laughs> I you know, I'm not going to say I was surprised he wasn't picked up on waivers, but what a fascinating career this guy's had so it's far. Unbelievable. It really is. Like, I feel like he has skills, and I feel like, you know, other people feel like he has skills that, that can help a team win on the ice. But the problem is one of those skills is not scoring goals. And that's unfortunate because he does a lot of other things that are pretty cool. And, you know, for a young guy, Man, that's just not going to work. Like you're going to have to, you're going to put the puck in the net every once in a while, son. And you know, I feel like Zach Parisi gets a lot of leeway. Leo Komarov gets a lot of leeway. Michael Del Cole will not get that kind of leeway. No. So he's he's in Bridgeport now, and maybe he can find his scoring stroke. And I hope he can, because uh, I think the Islanders can use him. I mean, who who couldn't use a you know early twenties forward again who who can play like he can? It's uh, if more people were paying attention and kind of really sunk their teeth right. into the Islanders, I really wonder who they think would have a more who's had a more kind of peculiar start to their NHL career between him and Ajo. Mm. And I, I was joking with you earlier. Like, can you imagine <laughs> Zdeno Chara and Sebastian Ajo, like just having a, a meal together and Zdeno Chara being like, yeah. So like, tell me, like, tell me about like, how did you just come over from Europe this year? Like, what's your deal? And he's like, no, no, I've actually been here. Uh, <laughs> if, if, you know, if you look up there, uh, see that press box that, you know, I spend most of my time there. Uh, I've played one game last year, scored a goal. <laughs> And then didn't play again. And that was kind of the situation I was in also the year before. But this year, um, oh, yeah, I'm probably going to be doing that again, it seems. But like, and then <laughs> you got Dal Cole, who, like you said, he's, he does have a skill set. And I think he might be a little bit uh, unfortunate. He's a little unfortunate, weirdly, that the fourth line exists. Because I think his perfect mm. spot on this team is Cal Clutterbuck's spot. Mm. He's, a, he's a great four checker. He's very defensively responsible. He can't score. I mean, if Cal Clutterbuck has more offensive upside than you, you're probably right. in trouble. Like, but uh, it, it, that's probably his spot. Like that, he's he's kind of perfect for that fourth line role because he can. He's a big body, and he's look. Maybe he does have offensive upside that has just never come to be. But I'm pretty sure we can say at this point uh, he doesn't. But uh, yeah, I mean, I he, and he's another guy that he's been around for a while now and he's he's also been overshadowed a little bit by Hosang cuz Hosang's uh career path and his, like the, we're talking about two first round picks that mm. uh, it didn't work out and one took a very ser- uh, serpentine route to play for the Toronto Marlies and Michael Dalcole's route has been a lot less dramatic I guess it yeah. just is the best way to put it and uh he's just still here um so there, there there's definitely something there I I I don't know like what 
he's I first of all I, I have no idea what the answer to this is I wonder how many NHL games Michael Del Cole has played in his career because you could tell me 58 or you could tell me 130 and I would believe <laughs> or 220 and I believe any of them uh because I feel like he plays you know he played two games that he, he also has been got he gets hurt too like he does seem to pick up like injuries hmm. here and there uh but uh I'm looking he, up at the end of the show so everybody take yeah. a guess don't look don't <laughs> cheat uh, and at the end of the show, we'll give the answer and you can, you know, check against yourself how close you were and be like either, damn, that was way off or wow, that's, you know, X <laughs> more than I thought or less than I thought. So, <laughs> but it's just, it, it's, he's, it's, he's an interesting, another, yeah, like you said, like right. what a career path. And, and this is the point I think I was saying, I don't know if it was last show or the one before that, but the team is much deeper below the surface uh, organizationally than it's ever been. I think that's what Lou was kind of referring to as well. It's like, you know, Michael Dal Cole is, is being as the 15th forward is that's a pretty good situation to be in. Right. So, uh, and same with Thomas Hickey in the eighth spot. So, the, and that's why I think, you know, it's funny we're night before the season starts and who we've we spoken about so far, mm. we're talking about Eric Gustafson, Sebastian <laughs> Ajo and Michael Dal Cole. But I think it just goes to show you, you kind of just know what the other guys are, right. like the guys yeah. who are already on the team, but like the these top guys two are... lines have been set this entire time. And the fourth line has been set this entire time too. Right. And two thirds of the third line are basically set too. So, you know, um, yeah, that's what it comes down to. Uh, but that, but that's like you said, that's what, where they're deepest, particularly on, on defense and, and, you know, even even in goal, like, you know, Varlamov being out is not good. Like, let's let's be honest. But we all know who's going to get the start. It's going to be Sorokin. And the fact that's that Schneider is here. OK, that's just how it's going to be. So, uh, again, there wasn't a ton of intrigue when it came to this stuff other than like, you know, the paper transactions and and things like that. So uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with 100 percent. Like if more people were paying attention, how much like Del Cole would definitely be getting the sort of the treatment that Hosang got, which is like, why don't they just give this guy a chance? It's like, well, he's had a bunch of chances <laughs> and, he, and he hasn't scored all that much. So uh, that's the problem. But, uh, but yeah, but at the same time, like, I don't, I wouldn't mind seeing him out there. <laughs> like I do, I kind of want to see him out there more and, uh, and, and seeing what he, what he can really do. He might just be one of those guys like baseball has a lot of guys like this where like, it's like, Oh man, I just, I just want to see what he can do. Meanwhile, he's like 29 years old and it's like, what? <laughs> I think we know what he can do, but Michael Delcold, not 29, just but just for the record. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we got a lot. Oh, the other thing, too, real quick, as as I talk about Delcold and we talked about Bellows before, another guy who, who you know, could, could get, well, he's with them now, so maybe he gets into a game or whatever at some point. The funny thing about them signing all those contracts, Schneider too, Parisi, Chara, they all fit into the same bucket, although Chara and Parisi got a much, a lot more performance bonuses. The, they all got 750 grand, like, base contracts which is i guess the minimum these days and so you do wonder like what was the holdup? if you're going to give everybody the same contract anyway <laughs> what took so long it's not like you know one guy got a little bit more a little bit less they all got essentially the same contract except for the, again the two older guys a lot of a lot of performance bonuses that like andy green probably, probably will carry over into next year but i did think that was funny like we waited all this time and all this all these guys were moved around. All these chess pieces got moved around and you look at cap friendly and it's like everybody's got the same exact number next to their name it's kind of yeah. weird that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> so. Corey Schneider will be the uh, him and him and Nathan Gerby as the highest paid players in the AHL this year when they're in the AHL. I saw wow, saw that tweet come across. I, How about that? Yeah. Islander killer Nathan Gerby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Five hundred thousand dollars just to, to to come up for mm. 
just a couple games a year, score two goals each one of them yep. against Corey Schneider, and, yeah. uh, and they go back down. One hundred percent. So well, well, they, he's earned it. He's earned that, that <laughs> he's, money there. Who is he even with now? Is he still with Columbus? I assume he's he's, he, he's either on Columbus or Carolina. Whenever yeah. you look, you, you look up, and he's just on one of those teams. Yeah, like he'll, I mean, it's definitely be a, it'll definitely be a team in this division, and, and he'll sure. be a, he'll be a play, player that's like traded at the deadline too. Like it's hmm. like to right. to a team that's like yeah, they traded for I don't know some Jack Eichel, but they also got Nathan Gerby just as a hmm. throw in to make the numbers where you're like oh yeah, Jesus. Nathan Nathan Gerby and um um. Tyler Ennis. You can't convince me that they're two different people. They're just, it's like a, it's like a talented Mr. Ripley thing. Like they're just the same guy with just different names, you know? And they, and they also like Tyler Ennis too. He just bounces between teams that he's already played for. Like, I think he's on the senators again. Like, dude, how many times we got to play for the senators? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, we should, you know what? We'll take a break. here. I, I do want to talk about the senators real quick uh, at the very end. Cause they have their own contract thing going on. Maybe it gets solved by the time we talk about this, but that's as good a spot as any. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about what we're all in for this year, which is rooting for a team that is being expected to challenge for the Stanley Cup, which is something that very, very few of us listening to this have had had experience with, uh, <laughs> unless you uh, you watch this team essentially as an adult back in the in the 70s. But uh, anyway, we'll take a break and we'll come back and uh, we'll get all that out on the table. All right. So uh, join us in a few, couple of seconds. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They got hats. They got jerseys. In fact, their uh, Columbus ice jersey was just, uh, excuse me, the um, Cincinnati ice jersey was shown at the Columbus Blue Jackets game, which is really, really cool. Uh, They also have our Al Arbor t-shirts, and you can get one there, and our portion of which goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. And they also have a Lighthouse Hockey, a Lighthouse 15 code that you can use to save yourself 15%. That is vintageicehockey.com. Uh, okay, so we've teased this now, and it's time to, to get this out. Um, the Islanders have been, for the most part, predicted to be either a Stanley cup finalist or the possible Stanley cup champion by, I would say a fairly, you know, noticeable number of outlets so far. ESPN ran their predictions. I think it was maybe like half a dozen people picked the Islanders um, over at the New York post. Uh, Larry Brooks picked the Islanders over the avalanche. Molly Walker picked the avalanche over the Islanders. Um, other people have, have picked the Islanders. I was reading uh, the previews over at uh, 
uh, defending Big D today, which is our uh, SB Nation's stars blog. And they all had great things to say about the Islanders. Basically, it's either Islanders or Carolina winning division. Somebody said this might be their year. I'm sure there are others, even at the Athletic, where they everybody hates the Islanders except for Arthur Staple. Uh, they uh, have, you know, some people have picked them to win. So um, this is a big year. And this is the first time in my memory that the Islanders have been in this kind of conversation. Obviously, you know, nobody can predict the future. We don't really know. But like, this is a whole big thing. And my big worry, just to get things started, is that it's going to make every mistake and every loss seem monumental. Like, you know, if if they come out on Thursday in Carolina and lose, however they lose, whether they look good, they look bad, they lose in overtime, they lose in shit, whatever, to me, it's going to weigh a lot more because this is a team that is expected to go that far. And any loss could be the first in a string of losses, I guess, is what I'm I'm worried about. Um, and just having those expectations, like, what does that even mean? Like, what is, what happened? Like, you just kind of have to follow along for the ride. But then we don't know where that ride's going to go. I mean, that's, I guess, the way it is. But it's just a very weird thing. And, and to know that everybody's kind of coming after you, it, like, that's the thing, too. I mean, the players know what they're saying. Barry Trotz mentioned it in his availability. The other players on the other teams know what they're saying. Oh, man, here come the Islanders that, you know, are gunning for the cup. So this is a very different kind of season than we've experienced in a long time. It used to be like, well, maybe they might be pretty good this year or they're, they're not going to be that good this year. This is a team that is good isn't good enough. This is, you know, yeah. Stanley Cup final or else bust this year and that is very 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 strange <laughs> to wrap your mind around <laughs> when you think about it you know i like that it's um that's the feeling of it because you 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 would assume on the outside looking in that you, you'd think oh the fans they should they're they're gonna be thrilled to see the islanders being picked and stuff whereas no it's been so long that the general um uh, feeling of this fan base which I, one thing that's great about being an Islander fan is that, yeah, we, we like, there's some certain things maybe we disagree about, Hey, you might think Ma- Michael Delco is a better fit for the third line than Leo Komarov or whatever. But for the most part, like in terms of the big picture, everyone's on the same page with this team. <laughs> and so like the, the feelings are very much mutual. Like, so it's, it, you weren't alone, like in mm. thinking that, Oh man, um, whoever David Amber picked the Islanders to win the Stanley cup on mm. hockey night in Canada uh, that that makes you feel a certain way, and, and that the way that it made you feel also, it also made the other thousands of Islander fans feel the same way. <laughs> which mm. is like we're like okay, like we understand, but we also need some time to kind of comprehend this because it's yeah, I'm 31 and this has never happened to me uh, for sure, and it's like I, I'm I was just while you were talking going trying to be like. When at what point did the Islanders have their highest expectations preseasons in my life? Mm. Uh, and I get, I'm guessing it was maybe you know maybe last season uh, and but you know pre trots then going back and maybe the second season under Laviolette when I yeah, was yeah that's what I was gonna say thirteen yeah. so like you're talking yeah. two thousand two two thousand three when maybe the last time people were yeah. picking them to to make a run um, yeah but even then I don't remember people saying this is a cup contender. It was more like a second round kind of thing. Right. And they were still, it was still a team that hockey, first of all, was very irrelevant back then. (laughs) Like even more so now, like it was, yeah, it was on ESPN, but it was a joke. And it it was uh, uh, every day you're just hearing about how uh, 
they ESPN couldn't wait to get out from underneath the <laughs> NHL. And uh, but so and you'd read like Newsday. That's how you got your news. Mm. You get your Newsday article every day, and and, and the Newsday writer would it, would, be, would would it even pick the Islanders to mm. to make a run? Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very new experience and it's, it's pretty heavy as a fan, uh, to deal with because like you said, like now the Islanders, there's, there was never, uh, the possibility of coming up short for the Islanders mm. in our lifetime. <laughs> coming up short with, uh, in, you know, 2013, uh, meant something very different. It meant, oh man, <laughs> Jesus, the Islanders got demoted. They got relegated mm. to the AHL. That's basically <laughs> the only way they could get they could come up short, uh, you know, with, with the, the roster they were rolling out back in the early uh, mm. part of the last decade. Uh, and then you got now coming up short, like you said, it's they lose, they, they miss the playoffs by a point in a really tough division. That's unacceptable. Yeah. If they lose game six of the, the Eastern conference semifinal, that's also kind of unacceptable. And that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's some pretty, pretty heavy stuff. And, uh, it makes it makes the watching the regular season much much more of like a harrowing experience mm. uh for sure and and like i was watching that penguins lightning game last night the first game of the season and i told you i, I didn't even really want to but i mean it was on so like the reflex is like i'm going to watch this now and the penguins played really really well and they they won i believe they won like was it like 5 to 2 or something like that or 6 to 2 but like they they got a bunch of empty net goals because Cooper pulled Vasilevsky really early and they ended up scoring like, I don't know, three empty net goals. But regardless of whatever the final score was, they played really, really well and they, and they beat the lightning and the lightning didn't plot, didn't play well. Sometimes it happens in these banner raising ceremonies or whatever. And my first thought was, Oh, what if the penguins are going to be good this year? Then they're going to freaking <laughs> beat the Islanders. They're going to play the Islanders again in the playoffs and they're going to win. And it's like, I've already had to hear people talking about like, well, the, the Penguins outplayed the Islanders in that playoff yeah, series. Well, if they got a save, they would have won. Big, that's a big, that's a big like theme all of a sudden. I don't yeah. want to say big. I mean, I've heard like four different people on media sources, and hell, maybe like there were some games where the Penguins, like Game Five, was right. the game was, one in yes, five. Yes, the Islanders, were, yeah, got outplayed in Game Five. They got outplayed in the first two periods of Game One. Mm. But yeah, have anybody have they, have they ever watched playoff hockey before? Yeah. Like it's like game. I mean, game six, which was the final game, was all Islanders. Yeah. like the the Penguins so, never even got four, above the net. Game yeah. four was, and game three was just a, a wild one. So it was like, yeah. uh, I mean, I I don't, I don't know where that all of a sudden just started popping up. And like, who is who? It, it, it is it Lemieux? Like is someone just no, like it, Brian Burke? I don't know who it is. We're gonna talk about. Well, we talked about Jeff Merrick before, but it was it was Rick Tockett on Jeff Merrick's show, and all of a sudden it became like a talking point that this is like a thing now. And then a couple of guys mentioned it on the Athletic too, and it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I don't know if dominated is really quite quite the word you want to use when you guys. When they lost pretty good in game six, like that was yeah. not a contest in that game. So, um, it, you know, but anyway, in any event, like this is the kind of stuff that is going to race through my mind every single day. And so, again, they're starting with the Carolina Hurricanes, a team we haven't seen since, uh, you know, all last season and the season before and who the Islanders have never really had too much luck against. That's going to be like a huge thing. And then, you know, they're, they were already going to Vegas early this season. They're playing in. Arizona, where they've won like once in the last whatever thirty trips or whatever it was, going back to the nineteen nineties. So it it is going to make yeah harrowing is is a good way to put it. Um, and and I don't know. And I you know what are we going to be like by the time the playoffs roll around? Are we going to be like basket cases? I, I I don't know. It's it's this is a whole new 
a whole new world to yes. you know steal a, a phrase and uh, i don't know it's 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 and other people have said this and we've said this too like the when your team has nothing to lose and you're building then it's almost fun like because who cares like yeah you lose and it sucks but at the same time you, you didn't really have any expectations anyway but now it's like a loss is is huge it's monumental and you know it's mm. like you know every every player has a spot that he's got to take up and he's got to do this thing and he's got to do this and if not you know you're gonna it's gonna bother you <laughs> and i don't know i don't know how i'm gonna deal with this all season long i'll probably be just like beside myself every single game day <laughs> you know just, yep yeah we sure will be and i mm. think a lot uh one thing barry trot said when he was first hired was how it would take time and he's i, I think he said like a five-year project of be, building a cup contender and it's mm. insane how prescient he's kind of been uh <laughs> in a lot of different ways but um that one because anytime a, that's coach speak anytime a new right. coach gets hired to any team in any sport it's a big thing in soccer like they refer to projects now they, they're like oh this this is i'm really excited about this project um and uh you you, you we know barry now that like even when he does talk in coach speak and, and sports cliches that he seemingly seems to believe in them and that makes you believe in them and uh so it's almost funny that this has kind of been something they've been building towards. So I, I'm a, I'm assuming he'll have them all prepared, but he doesn't talk to us, right? So like, <laughs> it's a completely different yeah. thing. You know, Brock Nelson won't be freaked out last night during the ESPN broadcast, like mm. when uh, Sean McDonough, who I think his name is, right, the guy who does mm. Monday Night Football yeah. used to do is now on, and he just kind of mentioned in passing how good the Islanders were and mm. talking about the Metro Division. I'm <laughs> like. Here's someone on ESPN talking about the Islanders like, being good, <laughs> like it was nothing. Like and right. usually, like when that happens, they'd be like, "How about the look? What's going on with the New York Islanders? Like this is nuts. Like this team isn't supposed to be good." It, yeah. it was. It was. It came off his tongue extremely naturally. Mm. I, of course, lost my mind. Like, oh no! Yeah, Jesus. I remember that part because yeah, he was, was like, talking to Ray Ferraro, yes. and I had actually my, I had to take my daughter to dance, and just just before they came back, they one of the guys mentioned like, "Oh, you know, throw it back to Ray Ferraro," and I was like. Islanders legend Ray Ferraro, so one of the great yeah. Islanders of the '90s, scored a lot of huge playoff goals. I mean, she could care less, but I was like, "Hey, that guy's a legend." I love Ray Ferraro, <laughs> you know. But uh, two two things, though, I'm glad you brought up Trotz because it's two things that that I noticed about this related to him. One, <laughs> one of, during one of Zidane Chara's many me- media availabilities, which again is something he gets, not a lot of other Islanders get. But uh, he mentioned that you know the coaches said like nobody's going to hand us anything, like. We're not just going to sort of waltz and skip our way to the Stanley Cup finals. Like we got to go out there and battle for it. And the fact that he said that coming here, no, as the new guy, quote unquote, new guy, that kind of made me feel better because that means that Trotz has been talking about this. Char has been talking about this. You know, Anders Lee has been talking about this. Everybody's always on the same page. Uh, Lou, obviously too. And so that made me feel better that they kind of other people in that locker room understand that this is going to be a journey and this is going to be hard and this is not going to be an easy thing, no matter how many people predicted you to win this sort of thing. But the, the other thing is <laughs> Lou, today, uh, Andrew Gross asked uh, Lou, and I mean, I, I guess it's, it's, you know, it's worth being asked, but at the same time, it didn't need to be asked. Uh, Andrew brought up that Barry Trotz is a free agent at the end of the year and have you know <laughs> oh, asked if God. there had been any, what's that? I said, Oh God. Yeah, he asked if he had been been any uh, extension talks, and Lou was like, uh, "That will be kept in house uh, amongst us." 
But I mean, Barrett Chats isn't going anywhere. Like this guy, whatever he wants, the owners have to just give it to him. Whatever he wants, there's no cap on coaches. There's no like, you know, negotiating over whether or not we did this and anything. To compare what these guys were like before trots and are now under trots, I mean, it's like night and day. It's two completely different teams. And like the fact that we're even coming into gear four of trots and Lamorello is like mind boggling. Like, oh my God, what the hell? How did we even get here? Uh, and so I, I just thought that was that was really funny too. And I'm like, whatever this guy wants, just give it to him. And I can't imagine that the guys who are shelling out a billion dollars to build a brand new stadium for this team are all of a sudden going to start like, you know, kind of wondering, weighing options and pros and cons about extending Barry Trotz at the end of the season. Like, I'd be very surprised if that's if that's the case. Uh, because again, this is this team is here now because in large part to him, not just him, but like. Without him, they would not be here right now. So uh, just give it to him, whatever he wants. <laughs> I, I, you obviously know if you listen to the show that I, I like, I watch a lot of old Islander YouTubes and I love watching games from like, uh, that's that same Laviolette era that I was mm. referring to, or even the one after that. And uh, a lot of times when I watch those games now, I was watching uh, game two of the Penguin series in 2013, uh, which they won. They, they scored mm. three goals from shots that hit off the backboards that pop, pop back up. Uh, I think it was like a post. So had one Martin, <laughs> and, uh, but the whole time I watch these games now, I'm so trotsified that I'm like, Whoa, Barry would be so mad at that pinch by Brian Strait right there. Like <laughs> you, you can't, or like Mark Strait's gap is like way off. Like he can't, he mm. can't let that guy get that pass across the slide. Like that's, that's, you know, breaking the cardinal rule of, of, of Islander hockey. And then I realized, Oh, though that was Islander hockey back then. Like, mm. <laughs> there were no rules. Now there are a lot of rules. Uh, um, another great thing about the ESPN broadcast is uh, Brian Boyle scored for the Penguins and Emily Kaplan of ESPN, who was between the benches, was you know talking about him and how he played for Team USA at the World uh, the World Championships this year. And she mentioned that he brought she talked to Jack Capuano, who was his coach there. And I was like, I remember him. <laughs> I was like, and it was this very weird moment. Like, wow, that was. That was a lifetime ago, and it wasn't a lifetime ago. It was five years ago. Yeah, it, was, five, it felt it, like a lifetime ago. It's a completely different era, and it's it's. I've never felt between Scott Gordon and and uh, you know, right. Jack Capuano or Steve Sterling and Peter Laviolette. There's never been a feel. It's never felt different. Right. It's always been like, yeah, this team is going to probably suck, and if they don't, I'll be pleasantly <laughs> surprised. But it's, I just really hope that that they're still on Long Island in the right, morning. Yeah, like, you know, exactly. that's basically it. Like, any anything anything more than that is kind of gravy. Uh, yeah. So now, yeah, yeah, now it just does feel – it feels so completely different. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of that – because I'm thinking about that too. Because, I mean, I go back even further than you. And, like, starting with, like, Millberry, really, you know, everybody was kind of shades off a different – tree you know like they're all kind of the same laviolette obviously being the huge outlier there and they had that that huge run you know that you know that big sort of growth spurt there with the money spend and that led to like that one great season but then after that he was around for what was it three more years he was let go team was basically the same just with steve sterling and they didn't really play all that different under him he was gone gordon was there then we they tore it all down and so you have these sort of phases where the team is mostly the same the results are mostly the same. The guy behind the bench is most is different, but you know, it's whatever you, the results really don't change all that much. Trotz has been a completely different, 
this is a different animal. Like this guy, you know, taking the same exact roster that missed the playoffs two years ahead uh, before and going to the playoffs and then going to the semifinals. It's like, uh, the guy's a magician. Like, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> and, and you think you also like, I think this is another reason why just, just remembering that you have him in this, in these dark days of being mm. a, a Stanley cup contender is that uh, this is, can you imagine the Islanders coming into a season with these kind of expectations and being like, all right, Jack, mm. <laughs> you got to make mm. this, you got to make, make this one work. Like there's, there's very little you have to worry about with, uh, with, mm. with Barry. And uh, I think it's, it's so funny because even the things that you do have to, you do worry about him putting Leo mm. Komarov at the first line or whatever, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Uh, it's not stuff. We all just accept it. Like it's, we mm. all just like, we laugh about it at this point and find the humor in it. And, and the fact that he is, guiding the the ship through the the choppy waters of high expectations is is definitely yeah it just really really helps you sleep at night and and guess what if he if he's a little unsure of himself the guy he goes to advice is Lula Marilla, yeah who's, who's the president of the island there's still somehow and uh it's just pretty amazing uh you yeah know, you gotta like scratch your eyes and like get, still get wide-eyed about it and mm. uh then you you'll see barry on the on the bench tomorrow and be like all right mm. yeah he's here He's got us, uh, and that's and and it's. I mean, this this generation of this this whole era has changed the way I look at the sport too. And because mm. uh, you hear when you when you listen on a podcast, you'll hear you know Elliot Freeman talking about you know the the Flyers they brought in Keith Andel because he's uh, he's such a good person in the room. And you uh, pre Trouts, I would really kind of scoff at those notions. But now, like with the way this team has built and the success and how they've achieved their success, I really don't like. I I'm, I I understand that that kind of value does matter. Uh, like mm. that kind of stuff actually does really help, and that's why like bringing someone like Chara. When has the Dano Chara been on a team that didn't have Stanley Cup aspirations? I mm. it's been like what fifteen years for him. Yeah. Like even like it's I'm like, even back to Ottawa. Yeah, like <laughs> really? you got to think it's probably the one he yeah. yeah. Whether he got traded from the Islanders was probably the last time. Right, yeah. Uh, so, like, you bring in the guys like Zach Parisi, too. Like, this is a guy who's been on some good Devils teams, and he's been with the Wild, and he's always been, like, mm. guys supposed to take him places. But so he's always had a, a, a pressure, that kind of pressure on his shoulders. Andy Green is, like, the same way. Like, Corey Schneider. Like, these mm. even, like, these guys have been around these kind of situations before where, uh, you know, if it, like, if, if this was a few years ago where – these aspirations were coming and you're like, all right, who do we look to for guidance when we do lose three in a row and people are starting to call us, uh, mm. you know, a bust, uh, is it, you know, who, who do we look for? Because it's, it, it's, it's at this room, you have like seven different candidates. So mm. <laughs> I, that stuff does kind of matter. It does make you feel a little bit better, uh, right. about the whole thing too. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and actually, and I'm, I'm not sure what made me think of this. It might've been during Friedman and Merrick's like preview episodes, but, it did occur to me that again, not just the Islanders, but in other teams and stuff like that. If you go back, it it really does make you realize just how much you've, we've been bullshitted over the course of these years. <laughs> you know, like we we get bullshitted a lot, and and <laughs> that's just the nature of the beast. Like it's just kind of how it is. You got you're a general manager of a coach or coach, you're a player of a team. You got to sell hope, right? Like you got to sell. You know, you got to get people in the building. You got to get them excited for your team. And that means just basically bullshitting them into being like, no, no, they're going to be good this year. I feel like we can take the next step, take the next level. You're not going to take the next level or take the next step until you take that next step. 
Like that's that's the thing. And like we've been talked, to, we've been told ad nauseum before trots about how this was going to be the next step, take them, go to the next level. These guys were about to bring it. They were going to, you know, break out, and they never did. You know, they got a little bit better. Maybe one guy played okay. Another guy took a step back. Another couple of guys played all right. This guy got traded because he didn't want to be here anymore. Like trots came in, and they did go to the next level, and they did take another step. And so it. You know, and I, you know, I think about stuff like you know, oh, they got they had to change a culture in the room again, not like an Islanders thing, but like they got to change a culture. Okay, well then change it. Like it's if if you're not if it's not changed, then it's not changed. And I know that sounds very you know very black and white, but it's just it is funny to me how we have witnessed that culture change and that next level taken, and all the other stuff that we got told beforehand was just bullshit. <laughs> just complete bullshit. The the, the that that theory or that feeling come to life is uh when uh, they had that playoff run to the playoffs in 2007 with uh Ryan Smith and whatever uh and then all those guys left Kozlov Pody right, yeah. <laughs> and and then how did they sell hope they they put Bill Guerin, Ruslan Fedotenko, John Sim and Mike Conry <laughs> on a bridge at like the Westbury Manor and took a picture of them we're like yeah. look at our big ticket free agents everybody mm. the islanders are back and <laughs> Uh, that yeah. so that picture to me that's exact. I crack. I I look at that picture all the time, and mm. that picture is exactly what you, you're saying. Like mm. that was the Islanders trying to sell hope to yeah. a friend, a fan base uh, that uh, can see kind of right through that stuff. Be like, so because someone probably look at that picture and was like, damn, I was at a wedding at that place last night. Like, they already <laughs> flipped it over. <laughs> I think I think I was thinking about like the Oilers who have you know 40 year old Mike Smith in goal, and it's like. You know, we're gonna we gotta take the next step this year. Like, do you though? Like, are you with Mike Smith in goal? Really? Is that what you're gonna do? But I don't know. So, um, but yeah. So you know, these these and many. I don't think this will this will be the last time we talk about you know the balancing act of <laughs> following a team uh, with Stanley Cup hopes when you know you've been following the same team with almost no hope for a very long time. But uh, you know, here it is on the eve of day one of game one against a you know pretty pretty darn tough opponent. A lot of people are picking the Hurricanes to win this division too. So I mean the Islanders don't get don't get an easy start. They got the 13 game road trip. They're they're all over the damn place. They're playing some really, really tough places, really, really tough teams. Again, they've got they got to play in Vegas. They got to play in Columbus, who, you know, maybe the roster's not that great, but that that building has never been a great one for the Islanders. I, I'm pretty sure they gotta play they gotta play the the Panthers, the Lightning a couple times. It's a whole thing. But uh yeah. So here we go. We got to be ready. Uh, and uh, like I always say, we're, we're all in the same boat here. So we all kind of want the same thing. And the Islanders want that thing too. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, uh, I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're all terrified, but uh, <laughs> one, one other way to, to kind of calm yourself down is to like this team in, in these kind of, kind of choppy waters is uh, think about that that Bruins series that they kept mm. such a level head that when they blew that lead in game five, I think it was, or game two, one of the games where they, they ended up winning in Boston, but mm. it was, it was a Josh Bailey, like minor mistake that led to a sequence of events that uh, ended up in the back of the Islanders net. And if you remember that NBC sports, like flashed right to Bailey on the bench uh, to, mm. to, to see if they'd get like a reaction out of him or whatever. Like, you know, maybe it seemed like, cursing and being like ah oh, shit like i screwed up and like we're like tapping someone on the shoulder but he just was so deadpan straight looking straight ahead and yeah. that's just what this team is they are uh yeah. that's you know whether they're the stanley cup 
favorite, whether they're where they are now in the in the mid tier or whether they're going to be a team that everyone counted out from four years ago, they're just going <laughs> to look exactly like Josh Bailey yeah. did. They're just kind of doing their own thing, yeah. focusing on uh, what they need to focus on. And uh, yeah, that's so mm. like it's so funny because the the stuff that we are worrying about is all like our own doing yeah it's all bad <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's, it's all... so funny it's there's because you think about like if 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 this wasn't this team exactly like the like the oilers for example they're same basically the same odds as the islanders but they're actually i have like a tangible thing to worry about which mm. is mike smith and whatever uh and then you got like the lightning they just mm. lost their entire third line uh the avalanche like who knows with darcy kemper like whatever Whereas, like for us, what are we worrying about? Mm. Um, just, just the crushing expectations of being a, a, a contender for the first time <laughs> in our lives. Like that's it. Not, not much else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it is. It is a funny, funny perspective when you look at it that way. But that's what we do. That is what we do here. If unless you're new, if you're new here, welcome. But uh, anybody that's been listening this whole time, you know that's what we do. Uh, okay, a couple other things to really get to real quick. Uh, so last night's games were the first on ESPN in 17 years, right? Uh, tonight's are the first on T- TNT uh, ever, I believe. I don't think the NHL has ever been on TNT. Um, you know, it, it was interesting watching the ESPN broadcast. They had a cool th- little featurette in the beginning on the guy who uh, composed the iconic music. Um, I did find it funny that they talked to some players who were like, oh, man, I love this music. And then they talked to some younger guys who were like, what is this, the Olympics? I never heard this song before. You know, it's like way to hammer home that you guys didn't didn't literally mention this entire sport for 17 years. Like, I don't know if this you think this makes you look good, but the fact that, you know, the sport was never mentioned on the channel for that long is a little bit weird. But um, they had Steve Levy on the desk with uh, Barry Melrose, of course. Mark Messier, Chris Chelios, and then uh, the call in the first game was Sean McDonough with our friend Ray Ferraro. And then the other game, the Vegas-Seattle game, which ended up being a pretty cool game, Linda Cohen and Kevin Weeks, another former Islander, in the, in the, on the desk. And then John Bouchergross and Brian Boucher uh, on the call. Um, you know, uh, to be honest, uh, just to be blunt, Boucher, uh, not Boucher, uh, Bouchergross on play-by-play, maybe not his strong suit. Uh, just just my, my opinion. Um you know, it was an ESPN broadcast. Like they had a bunch of talking heads, not really saying a whole lot. Uh, Chelios and Messier talking about some high sticking call from 1992 or whatever it was that, that Chelios, I guess, got away with against Messier, Barry Melrose. Uh, the my, the favorite part was Levy saying to Barry Melrose, you used to, you used to coach here in Tampa Bay, didn't you? And Melrose being like, I told you not to bring that up. Uh, I thought that was kind of a funny exchange, but uh other than that, you know, it it seemed pretty cool. It was a little few too many camera angles for my taste, um, but the camera angles themselves were pretty cool. But I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of like sort of switching camera angles during the course of a game. But uh, I don't know what, what what did you think, and uh, what are you thinking about tonight for TBS uh, or TNT? Uh, I'll probably watch the late game, not the uh, the early Caps Rangers game. Yeah. Uh- First of all, yeah, the camera angles. I, I have a thing where the Islanders have never scored a goal from a weird camera when the feels cameras, that way. Yeah, yeah, but they but they <laughs> they they've let in a ton of them. So I never like when the ca- the camera angle switches gives me anxiety. But yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think what the the vignette thing with the the music. I thought I was re- I was like really ready to be like, oh, this mm. is gonna this is gonna be so cheesy and pandering. Uh, but it was really it was it was much mm. cooler than I than I thought it was going to be. And I did appreciate at least that they like 
if this was if they switched roles, like if NBC mm-hmm. Sports was getting hockey back after 15 years, they kind of wouldn't they wouldn't even acknowledge that it it went away and came back because that's just how right. they are. They operate like they wouldn't they they're they everything's very press releasey corporate with NBC Sport broadcast, but ESPN. Um, I know it's it's like very Disney and NFL y and so I um you know, I could see through that stuff and I am a cynic like that, but uh, I did appreciate that they like mentioned that. Like it's mm. been seventeen years because you know and I think Steve Levy even said thanks to NBC Sports for like basically yes. babysitting. Yeah, he said they did a great job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, Thanks for keeping this sport warm till it made enough money and generated enough <laughs> revenue for 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 Mickey Mouse to get back involved. Uh yeah. but uh I, I thought yeah, I thought the the kind of uh i love ray ferraro first of all Mm. but uh so that was great but the the uh tangential stuff was so much better than anything nec sports has ever done like you can just tell the budget is probably so much bigger and like the creative force behind these broadcasts will be just so much better than anything nbc sports could have done and uh through whether it's their fault or not like it's just you could tell you can you can watch and NBC Sports broadcast, we say this all the time, from 2014. And then mm. you can watch one in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup in 2018, and it'll look the same. And it's so clear that they're just, they just they make it clear that this channel, this league, was never really a huge priority for, for the company, I guess. But mm. it's because they, they noticed everyone above beyond. But ESPN, it did seem like they did put some, some oomph behind it and some thought into it. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was the, the actual broadcast, like you said, John Bucci-Grass is not my favorite mm. um and there's gonna be a lot of people who are on these broadcasts that aren't gonna be not my favorite so i just gotta get over that i guess uh yeah. i thought mcdonough was all right he's yeah, definitely I like, got a, I like him because yeah. he's like he's just does what he's supposed to do yeah like, yeah it's very like he, he's not quite as excitable as either forsland the man of a thousand uh catchphrases or of course the great doc emmerich and levy mentioned at one point that this is their first broadcast without doc since like 1981 or something because he worked there so long. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you about the budget and, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of creativity um, kind of utilized and stuff like that. You know, that might be, it might be like a sort of a first time through the order scenario where like the first time around everybody gets kind of something cool. And then it's kind of settles yeah. into the same old, same old after. But I think about like, like college game day. I don't know how mm. many people like love college football. I, I really enjoy college football and, the pageantry of it and college game day is awesome to watch in the mm. morning. Like uh, in between soccer games or something, I'll put it on. It's like, they, cause they really lean into the the culture of the sport and stuff. Yeah. And, and if you do that, like with their broadcast, uh, one, you know, we, we do make fun of American uh, a lot on the show, but one thing that they <laughs> do say, which, I, or they have said recently, which is very poignant, which is, that these teams like Nashville, whatever, like they, they, they need to market to their fan base. Like they shouldn't, Nashville shouldn't market to a, what a hockey fan should look like because that's what the Canadian media says. Like, Oh, this is what a hockey fan is. Uh, no, this is what a Nashville predator is. Like, this is who we market our game ops for and our promotions like Vegas. That's why Vegas is so successful because mm. it yeah. feels Vegas. So as long as, as long as they do inch towards making it feel hockey and not like what he is NBC sports did, which made you like, could have been watching that from a meeting room, a conference room in your, <laughs> in your, at your job. And cause they will never offend anybody and they get yeah. a presentation and maybe make a few, jo- you know, the same jokes over and over again, ask you how the weather is. And then, and then the meeting's over, you have a bagel. Like mm. 
this this will be different which that that's all I'm, that's all i'm hoping for at least mm. uh, who knows with tnt like i, I was yeah. joking with someone at work today who uh, isn't a hockey fan at all and, and he said you know what wh- i'm gonna watch i'm interested because he loves uh the ba- he loves nba he loves tnt he's like wayne gretzky like wh- why hasn't he been on other broadcasts i was like wayne gretzky is the perfect nhl best player of all time because his personality is like as far from Shaq or whatever is like he's not <laughs> he's not gonna blow you away he's gonna sit there he's gonna maybe talk about the olden days and that'll be that like his personality is not gonna blow you off the roof and he's like oh wow like that he was like surprised at that because if someone's the best player ever you you assume that mm. the the kind of personality goes with it but no that's not the case so I, I I think that's the best way to to look at it too is I don't think either of the uh talent like the cast members are probably going to be underwhelming for a long time but at least like the the cinematography and the other stuff should be much more interesting than what we've been used to yeah yeah no i think that's a good point like and if espn can sort of do go on more road trips i'm not expecting like a college game day setup i'm not a huge college football fan myself or college really anything fan myself but uh you know, that it is kind of a sight to see when they go to like Auburn and, you know, they're on campus and the kids are all decked out in the clothes and they got the signs up and the mascots there. Like you can you can see that there is a respect and a fun level there that they have for that that school and that sport and that game and that whole rivalry, whatever they're playing in. And if they can bring that to to the NHL, that would be a huge step up from the from the NBC broadcast, because like we've always complained too, like NBC. They 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 in the NHL came up with this idea of these outdoor games, which are fantastic. But the every outdoor game is the same exact story. Uh, the kids growing up on the pond, but you know how many of these kids really played on the on ponds? They played in they played in rinks like you have in your neighborhood and I have in my neighborhood. Like they weren't out there on the pond. This isn't you know whatever Rocket Richard out there on a Rideau Canal, like you know skating in the in the middle of winter. Like come on, get get out of here. But like you know. They they do in the All Star games a little bit, but still like really not that much. They kind of shoehorn everything into the same the same cookie cutter. So if they can stop doing that, that'd be a, a huge leg up. And as far as TNT goes, you know, it's funny you mentioned Gretzky because like there's a very famous picture of Wayne Gretzky as a little kid with Gordy Howe, and Gordy is like he's got like a hockey stick kind of around his neck. And in a lot of ways, like Wayne Gretzky today is still the kid in that picture. He's just the guy. He he has all of the records you could possibly want and statistically is by far the best player to have ever played in the sport, but he's still basically that kid behind Gordy Howe. Like he's still the custodian of the sport in a way. And that's, that's what his job is. And he's very good at it. Is he going to be a good broadcaster? I don't know. Uh, in the preseason games, they had Rick Tockett there. I wasn't particularly impressed with him either. Um, Paul Bichonette's going to be there, I guess to like say crazy stuff, but like, is he, gonna do that i don't know <laughs> is he you know and if he does like is it gonna get tired after a while anson carter i like i feel like he can he even said in one in one of those broadcasts like he can he feels like he can be a little bit more free in what he says so he, i think he's pretty good and liam McHugh is fine um so I, you know i think that's the one that'll take the most getting used to because i think we're all kind of used to espn on a, on a level at, at some point but tnt is kind of a whole new animal uh i've only really watched like law and order and now recently some aew wrestling on tnt so i don't know i haven't watched all that much on it in a very very long time but uh i am interested to see how it goes um uh last thing real quick again one last thing about some old hockey players you and i were joking about this before and talk about a team that 
uh, has some very much lower expectations in the Islanders this year, the Ottawa Senators. Now it is uh, Wednesday, October 13th. The Senators start play tomorrow. The Leafs and Habs are already playing tonight. And uh, the Senators are without one of their better players in Brady Kachuk, who is, I, I guess, technically, he, he won't be a holdout, I guess, until they play. But, you know, that's like 24 hours from now. Um, and he hasn't signed yet. And he just, he apparently he wants... I don't know if he wants a shorter deal that takes him up to free agency or a longer deal to stay in Ottawa for a long time. I don't know. All I know is that I'm kind of tired of hearing about the Kachuk family and how they know everything about the business and how they're into it. And this is mostly like a Jeff Merrick, Elliot Friedman thing. And you and I were both talking about this because we listened to it. But like, oh, my God, how many times do we have to hear Jeff Merrick say how the the Kachuk family? (laughs) Like, What are are these guys like the Windsors or the freaking Vanderbilts? Like. (laughs) It's like they built this sport. Are they not the most interesting family in hockey right now? Oh, my God. I just, yeah. Can you shut up? One guy. He's actually insufferable. I just, yeah. They keep talking about the Kachuk family, how how they know the the ins and outs of the business and how, how, like, you know, they're they're ensconced. Okay. Keith Kachuk is his dad, was a good player 20 years ago. Matthew Kachuk is his brother, is a good player right now. Like that's it. I don't know why we have to keep talking about these guys. Like they're, uh, you know, like they're Gretzky. Like it's like, like they're, like, like they're yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Like yeah, yeah that's, and it's that's just, the weirdest thing. That's, yeah, it's, and it's new, right? This is a new kind of it's a whole new thing. Again, it's a talking too. point yeah, that's now a, been you know kind of disseminated. Yeah, and so my whole strange. thing is, again, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is probably all a problem because Eugene Melnick doesn't want to give the dude what he wants. <laughs> just give the dude what he wants. Just do it. It's really not that hard, you know, but that's that's where I kind of come out on it. And I'm a little tired of hearing about it. Just sign the guy to whatever he wants and just move on with life. And it's not that hard. Uh, Amen. It's just, yeah, I don't don't, it's every time I hear it, like we listen to these podcasts all the time and they'll be like, and after this, we'll talk about the senators. And he's Mm. like, oh, God, I'm going to hear about how fascinating the Kentucky family is and. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm, last thing I remember about Keith Kachuk is I was pissed at him because the the Thrashers got the three seed and they were playing the Rangers in the playoffs. And I'm like, oh, this is the easiest three versus six matchup ever for the six seed. Because mm. it was a Thrashers first time ever in the playoffs. They had, I think they got Kachuk at the deadline maybe or, yes. or before. And, and he was terrible during that series. And the <laughs> Rangers walked right through him. Like you could see that one coming. But I mean, I did like, the, I did like those blue powder blue jerseys they had with the, the Atlanta down one sleeve and not the other. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that series because when our discussion about broadcasters, we forgot to mention that Henrik Lundqvist <sighs> is now part of the MSG broadcast. And it would not surprise me one bit to find him uh, calling an Islanders game <laughs> while uh, the MSG, you know, just, just happens quote unquote happens to, uh, you know, not give uh, Islanders fans the uh, Islanders broadcast. I'm obviously just kidding, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's a whole thing, and this it just cracks That's me up. Terrible. Yeah. That's gonna be terrible. That's gonna be terrible. Like, I was so excited that uh, when he let, when he went to Washington, I was like, oh, finally, like mm. get this guy out of my life. Yeah, no, and now here he's he comes here. Right back in. Yep, right back in. The guy who really loses is Steve Valiquette because now he's got to sit next to this guy. I know. And in just his like ridiculous ludicrous handsomeness i wouldn't i wouldn't want to sit next to him I, I would be like i'm gonna go behind the benches i'll see you guys later just put me in a little a little box on the side of the screen i don't even want to be here in the same room with this guy. <sighs> <laughs> so there you go so there you go pay brady kachuk 
don't watch Henrik Lundqvist on TV. Anyway, <laughs> right. uh, that's about it. I think we got everything. Um, enjoy the game. Uh, you got to reveal. Been... You got to reveal how many games. Michael oh yeah, jeez. I, 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 I have. I have a guess in my head. Okay, so the answer to our Geico trivia question: How many games has Michael Dow Cole played in the NHL in his career? The answer. What? what so what is your answer? My guess would be one oh seven. You are remarkably close. It is actually 111 career NHL games for Michael Ducco. All right. Four years. He played four, 28, 53 uh, in 1920, 19, and 26 last season. What a, any any what guess a on how many points he has in that <laughs> 111 games? Uh, 26? Again, remarkably close. 21. Wow, so 21. <laughs> Eight goals, 13 assists. I've, oh, my God. I was going to guess four goals. My God. I can't, remember, I can't remember a single one of his goals. Yeah. He had one last year. I don't, I don't remember at all. So, well, there you go. So, congratulations if you got it right. 100, 111 games played in the NHL for Michael Ducco. So, uh, maybe we'll see some more this year. You never know. Never know. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, enjoy the game. It's going to be uh, wild no matter what happens. And uh, hopefully we're uh, – we're all okay on the other side of this season. Uh, they do play again Saturday. I, I believe it's in Nashville, I want to say. And it's some think, weird, stupid start time. Florida at 6. Florida at yeah, 6. 6. Yeah, I know it was yeah. some, some yeah. dumb start time like that. So, yeah, so don't miss that one. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you're sitting down at 7 o'clock ready to watch the game, you're like, wait, why are they in the middle of the second period? That's why. It's a 6 o'clock start. Um, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, if you get a moment... You will want to look up Isles Fix. I mentioned last week our friend Joe uh, started some new adventures. One of them is Isles Fix. It's a newsletter that comes right to your email inbox every day. It used to be Isles Blog. So if you followed Isles Blog already, um, you know, you'll know you notice they changed their name to Isles Fix. But if you haven't, you could look it up. Sign up for the newsletter. It's free. You get all kinds of cool information and little you know blog posts and articles and stuff in there too. So you definitely sign up for it. I already have. And uh, it's cool. And good luck to Joe and, uh, and his uh, guys for doing that. Um, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Um, are you doing any more uh, uh, podcasts this week, or, or was that that was today? Right. The, the I'm, I'm, actually, I'm going on um, a Carolina Hurricanes radio tomorrow. Like uh, oh, hey. this guy Adam Gold has had me on a couple times previewing. Like I'll go on preseason, then I'll go on pre playoffs, and because I've always been high on the Hurricanes, is from from a betting value and. So he know, we we get along pretty well, and uh, he likes to you know bust my chops about the Islanders. <laughs> I like to bust his chops about the Hurricanes, and uh, he's I think he's actually from Long Island originally. Oh wow! Uh, but yeah, but uh, yeah. So I'll be talking to him tomorrow. It's some I think it's that's 11. cool. Yeah, it's it's just it's fun. Those I really like going on uh, his show, like because it's fun to talk about an, a team that you have no emotional connection. I mean, I don't like the Hurricanes. That's my right. emotional connection to him. But you know, like be like no, no, like I have no problem being like. No, I hate this guy. Like, you know, <laughs> but when so can, yeah, that's tomorrow. I don't know. You can both talk about Doug Waite. Yeah. Yeah. Doug Waite. Yeah. <laughs> Legend, legendary Islander and, and hurricane. So there you go. All right. Well, that's cool. We'll check it out. I mean, uh, you know, if you could, if you could find it there, uh, listen to Mike, uh, on that show right there. And, uh, we'll be back next week and, uh, we'll talk about how the Islanders did in these uh, first couple of games. All right. Thanks a lot. And we will talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye.
Shane. 